What's up to all the future influencers of America out there? Mike Mills of Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance here. Realtors, what's your mindset like these days? Are you feeling pumped about how your business is going in 2023? Are you looking for new and creative ways to continue to build your business for 2024? Or are you struggling to stay positive because closings seem to be a little tougher and tougher to come by these days? Well, my next guest just might be the guy to help you get your mind going in the right direction. Joining me will be Nick Lamison. Nick is a former college football quarterback turned real estate agent and investor. Nick's been investing in real estate for over five years, but just got into selling in June of last year. So he got into the business of selling when the market was on a downward trend, but not knowing anything other than what the market was at that time. He used the skills he developed as a disciplined athlete in college to grow an impressive investment portfolio and a rapidly growing sales track record. Nick's a forward thinking guy who never let a bad day bring him down. So if you're looking for motivation and inspiration on how to get powered up for 2024, the Nick is your guy. Sometimes conquering life's challenges just takes the right state of mind, and we could all use a little positive motivation right now. So I hope you're ready to get fired up. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hey, realtors, um, right now, we are in a market where houses linger a little bit longer and there's actually a lot of realtors out there right now hanging up there for sale signs. They're getting out of the business. Um, so how do you not just survive, but how do you thrive in this industry right now? Whether you're feeling the squeeze or simply looking to elevate your already successful game, today's episode dives deep into the mindsets and habits that can transform your real estate venture, even in the slowest of seasons. If you've ever thought about walking away or you just want to edge in your strategy, this is one episode that you don't want to miss. So hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike Mills, and this is the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. And I have 13 years under my belt as a mortgage loan originator, so I've been in the trenches with you guys. I understand the intricacies of this ever-evolving industry, and every week, I want to bring you fresh perspective from leading professionals in the real estate sphere, from spotlight interviews from top-tier agents to strategies on how to market yourself in this competitive field. And not just that. We connect the dots with professionals from industries that touch every aspect of being a realtor, offering you a 360 degree insight into the forces shaping the real estate industry today. So why should you tune in every week? Because whether you're a seasoned pro or someone simply fascinated by the real estate market, this podcast is your blueprint to success, ensuring that you stay informed, innovative, and always a step ahead of the competition. Now, before we dive in, just a quick reminder to all my listeners out there, if you're finding value in these episodes, do not do not forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another update. And for the full episode experience, make sure you check out and subscribe to my YouTube page, Mike Mills Mortgage and Finance. Your support keeps me keeps this thing going and helps me ah, <laughs> stuttering. I'm going to wrote all this stuff out. I'm trying to be, be good on this. Uh, your support keeps me going. It keeps me uh, bringing back more enriching content week after week. So let's get started here. So today, uh, we're excited to welcome someone whose journey in real estate and the real estate world is nothing short of inspiring. After being a real estate investor for half a decade, my guest took the plunge and became a licensed realtor just over a year ago. And while stepping into the market that headed that was headed in a downward trend might have dissuaded many, he kept charging ahead, leveraging his unique skills and mindset. Being a former college athlete or quarterback for uh, specifically, he knows a thing or two about strategy, focus, and perseverance. 
His unwavering positive outlook and steadfast daily routines have not only driven his success, but can serve as an example for every realtor out there. Whether you've been in the industry for a day or a decade, there's not there's a lot to glean from this guy's approach. So let's welcome Nick Lamison to the show. Howdy, Nick. How's it going, Mike? Thanks for having me. Sorry, that was a lot. I'm uh I'm trying to uh, uh, refine my game on this thing, and I'll get better at this as we go, obviously. But uh, I got to put a few things in the front side of this deal uh, to make sure because we're trying to grow it a little bit. So um, I apologize for you being my uh, my uh, test dummy. Yeah, my test dummy. No, on this one. no worries. So, Happy to do it. So um, I want to carry our, over our conversation from lunch the other day. Um, we had a, that we had a couple weeks back. Um, I really want people to understand kind of where your head is and how you approach your business every single day. And I think, you know, I was, I was inspired by our conversation because I love it when I meet positive people that impact their business and their life in a way that, you know, it doesn't matter good or bad. Yep. They're always in the same place, you know, yeah. and, and look, we all have good days and bad days. So, you know, there's never a time where we're all perfect all the time. Yeah. But, um, I think your approach is something that could really help a lot of people. Yeah. And and so that's why I want to bring you on and kind of talk about it a little bit. Now, obviously, you know, you've only been selling for a year, but we'll get into that some too, but you've been in the investor. So you've been in the space a while. Uh -huh. um, so we're going to talk about that some, but before we get to all that, um, let's find out a little bit about how you got to where you're at, right? Yeah. So we got to know the backstory, some where we came from, how we got here, and then uh, we can kind of dive into the rest of it. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about where you came from and how you got to be an agent? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'll really start with just how I got involved with real estate in general overall i think um for me it all kind of was like when i was younger as a kid it was started as a fascination just you know i would to be honest it kind of started with like mtv cribs okay and just like looking at different home designs i want to say like one was like master p he had like the gold plated roof <laughs> and that yep. i don't know it just caught me but so then, uh, you know, I had that intrigue on it. I was like, oh, I'm generally interested in this. And then as I got older, you kind of kept hearing that consistent dialogue of real estate is a good investment. It's one of the safest investments, creates 90% of the millionaires. And so all of that was just kind of in the background. And then it really came to a forefront when I kind of made the plunge myself and bought my first property. Okay. Because at that time, you know, it was just a good general idea. I didn't know much about it, but then I purchased my first property and now it seemed like everything opened up and it was really just the opportunity because I realized all the opportunity from an investor side, uh, I realized all of like the intricate details of the transactions and how that worked and what I liked about my transactions or what I thought could be better going forward. Um, and so really once I purchased my first property, then it kind of really started getting the ball rolling. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. I'm super passionate about this. This kind of reminds me of my old athletic days. I like the like fuel and the fire that this is bringing back. And so that kind of, there was a duality of, well, I'm still in corporate America. I'm mm -hmm. still working my job there, but now I'm building this investment portfolio. And then I came to a forefront where I said, I I've got to pick a, I got to pick what direction you I want to go. Road. I got to yeah. pick a road. I got to pick a road. And I, I, you know, I kind of pulled the trigger on it um, last year. And my wife and I it was a decision we made together, and, uh, and I'm very happy. Year one's been great. It's been crazy. Yes. Tons of learning things. Yes. You know, got to meet people like you yep. and all kinds of other really cool people. Uh, but it's been it's been very fun. But I'm I'm like I see some of the long term telltale signs right now, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to keep everything in perspective and say, hey, give yourself time. This is what I'm doing for the next 30 years. Right. So don't burn yourself out in year one and really kind of focus more horizontal maybe 
than so vertical right now and see how many different segments can I get involved in? How much can I build out? And then just kind of scale from there. Right. And just see what opportunities come up. Yeah. Now you, um, you're in a unique spot, uh, because you, you, and you mentioned it a little bit in your, when you said it a second ago, but you were a former college athlete and, um, you know, whenever I've hired people in the past, uh, to do stuff with our company, um, I actually really enjoy hiring former athletes because there's a certain level of work ethic that those guys have or gals too, um, where, you know, it, like, look, we all played stuff in high school and and that's fine. You know, I was a high school athlete. Like, you know, it's, it, it's, that's one thing, but when you go to college, it's a whole other ball game. And actually yeah. my daughter's 16 years old right now. And, um, she's a volleyball player. And so we're kind of, or she's about to be 16. We're kind of talking about, you know, is this something that you would want to pursue? And, you know, she says yes, but, but then she also nowadays has access to the internet and has access to other people that have been through it. And, right. and she's like, dad, it's, it's like a job. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, it absolutely is. Like, absolutely. it's not, I mean, it, you, look, you get the, you know, the, the stepping on the court on, you know, whatever day or, or on the field on Saturdays for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get that, that adrenaline rush that comes with that. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the payoff, but the lead up to that is, you know, six or seven days a week of practice and, oh, yeah. you know, following your nutrition schedule and getting up early and work and practicing late and trying to get your grades together and all that kind of stuff. Like it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So, you know, when I come across former athletes, typically they have a stronger work ethic than most people that you meet. Yep. And so can you speak a little bit about, you know, what that journey was like for you going from, you know, coming out of high school into college and then, you know, it, look, you're not in the NFL, right? So right, right. it's not like the, the story ends with you uh, getting drafted by the jets, but yeah. there's so many lessons that people can pick up. They could up. probably use me right now. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, you know. no yeah, yeah. Did you see the, um, the, there was a thing on the internet about the guy that had the bar in green Bay who said that he was going to give away um, oh yeah, yeah, and everybody tab. ran up their tabs, yes. and, then, and then the, and the then Jets, the Jets, Jets that brought product. it back. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, it was great. Honest, was but, um, but I just want you to talk about how going through college athletics and all the successes and failures, because it's filled with both. Absolutely. What that kind of puts you at, you know, for today, and and how that's benefited you being a being an agent and investor. Yeah. So first, I'll touch on the kind of like a high the difference in like the high school. I went to junior college too before yep. college, and then. I will say the biggest thing for me is I was just uh, a guy who was pretty talented. Uh, I had a really good arm, great work ethic, uh, but I didn't have a great regiment, routine, and discipline yet uh, when I was in high school and and junior college was still developing that. But when I went to college, it was like sink or swim. It was like, if you want to compete at the highest level, I mean, these are a lot of the the people I played against went into the NFL. People I played with went into the NFL. And so, you know, you have to be dedicated to your daily regiment, your routine. Doesn't matter if you feel like it. That's the last thing any athlete should be thinking. And they're in college when they wake up in the morning, it's like your day's already decided. Yes. You're working out at 6 a.m. Then your day is going to be a collection of practice, uh, study hall, film session. If you're a quarterback, another film session. Uh, maybe some more workouts and different things like that. And and so it's pretty much like a 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. job every single day. And yep. what I didn't realize then, especially as you're younger too, you're kind of rejecting that. And you're like, God, this is so exhausting. Everybody thinks it's the glitz and glamour of college football. And you're like, I, I don't have a second to myself. Yes. But what I didn't realize was that was the most helpful and the most valuable thing for me because that literally – like if I look at my routine today, this morning, yeah. and I look at my routine back then, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. 
And it all really starts with that level of discipline where it doesn't matter how I feel. I don't care. I always say how people feel in the morning is like a collection of how hydrated are you? How much did you eat? Uh, what, what were you listening to the previous day? What movie did you watch? Um, and just a collection of all these different experiences. Yeah. And then whatever you do during your rest time, maybe you sleep well, maybe you don't. And then you wake up and you go, how do I feel? And then a lot of people let that dictate their actions. And what we've done is we just reverse engineered that and said, I don't care how I feel. Yeah. And how I feel is a byproduct of the day. That's cool. But I'm going to still wake up regardless and execute everything that I need to get done. And football really kind of, and the college life instilled that into me at a higher level. And there was pressure behind all of that. Yeah. Uh, whereas like in high school and junior college, it was like, oh, you're a great athlete and there's no pressure behind you. So right. everybody's no singing your praises. Ex exactly. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, this guy's, you know, going to yeah. make it to the next level. Um, but so, so, and then also kind of the second point you talked about was it taught you how to deal with a lot of failure. Yeah. Uh, which helps me tremendously in the sales field now, <laughs> yep. uh, where it's like, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I'm going to throw an interception on a drive and, you know, I can go pout about it uh, and I'm probably going to throw another interception, maybe fumble the ball the next time. Yep. Um, and, you know, you're going to go to the sideline and you're going to put the headphones on and it's kind of like Someone's this. And the, and the coaches, it's what's funny is I wanted to tell you this. They don't yell at you during games. OK, they they incredibly. Which is smart. No, because they don't want to drag you down further. Exactly. Right. So like practice, That's forget they, about it. Yeah, Make yeah, one mistake done. and you're going to know for sure. The whole yeah. team will know as well. And yeah. so, but in the games, they're kind of nice. Hey, what'd you see there? What's going on? You yeah. know, they're trying to keep your head yeah. in the game. But, you know, throughout that career and, and all of that, you just dealt with so much uh, that translated into today where right. it's like so much adversity, battling through things. How do you build great rapport? You know, as a quarterback, you've got to build great rapport with, 10 other guys, at least on your offense and, and another 11 on the defense who come from all different person, come from all different walks of life, yep. all different personality types. Uh, there's just, you know, so many different things you have to adapt to. So it's literally, I think about today, it's almost comical how well it prepared me for my life and everything I do. But I, I keep that same mentality where I wake up, I don't care how I feel. I just, I genuinely don't. Well, it's hard. I think it's hard for kids, um, or it is hard for kids because we were all a kid at one point, but you, you don't, you know, you don't have the, the benefit of, of time or, you know, wisdom, I guess you would call it, but I, I don't think of wisdom as smart. I think of wisdom as experience, yeah. you know, as, as going through stuff. And when you're an adult, you look back and you go, man, that was easy. Like that, yeah. that, that was yeah. great. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I didn't realize as a child or as an adolescent, how hard life was going to be. And I don't mean hard, like, you know, I've had a good life. There's nothing, you know, there's people who have it way worse than me, but I just mean the grind of it. Right. You just, we, we, and we talked about this when we had lunch the other day is, you know, it's one of those things where you wake up in the morning and, or, or people wake up and they think everything's going to be great today. Right. Or everything's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. And more often than not, it doesn't. Right. There's yeah. always going to be Almost challenges. Never. <laughs> right. There's always going to be obstacles and there never really is an end. Right. You don't really get to, you know, it's like, okay, um, I'm working really hard. I'm going to get this buyer a contract, right? As a realtor, right? right I'm going right. to get this buyer a contract. We're going to get them under contract. We get we get it done. We get the option period. We get the earnest money. We get, you know, we go through the inspection and the appraisal and the loan and all the other stuff. And you get to the end, you're clear to close and you're done. And you sign the contract and you get your check. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, now what? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. You, you got to go close another loan, right? You got to yeah. go buy it, get another, help another buyer, help another seller. Yep. So it, it never ends. And when it does end, 
I mean, aren't you just dead at that point? Like that's, you know, that's, that's kind of yes, what yeah, happens. Exactly. Like when it, when it's all over, you know, I, I uh, always joke about the, uh, the people that will tell me they're going to retire. When I retire, I'm going to spend every day on the beach. Yeah, exactly. No and I'm way. like every day, Yeah. like every day. Like, cause I mean, yeah. at some point that's going to get old and get boring. Like you have to have a reason to get out of bed. And what you, what you illustrated there was just people's, your desire internally to know that, I'm getting up today. I'm going to go through my routine, go through my workouts, go my practices, do all this stuff. And then I'm going to have to do it again tomorrow. Right. And I'm going to have to do it again the next day. Right. I'm going to have to do it again the day after that. Right. And if you don't have to do it anymore as a college athlete, well, that means you're not a college athlete anymore. Right. And is that what you yeah, want? Exactly. You know what I mean? that, that means so, so, so it's always, you know, it's the journey. It's not the destination. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and on that, I want to say on that, and this is something I'm not perfect at either. Uh, but I want to say, especially now in this business, being a realtor on the sales side, like all of your joy and like being proud of yourself each day, just you have to remove it as far as you can from your closings and your commission and all of that. And all of it is rooted in your daily effort. Yeah. So if you got up and you did 30 tasks today that were really high priority and you got after it and you had great passion, you probably get to the end of the day and you're like, well, I didn't close a deal today. Right. But it's like, getting away from that. And I always, I'm hard on myself with that too. Cause I'm like, well, on, on, you know, why am I, why do I not feel the same joy and excitement and level of energy from just my daily effort as I do from my closing. And then this closing feels like a celebration. It's yeah. a win. You do the posting, you do all this and that. You get money. Money's great. Right. <laughs> and and that, is, that is true. But I, I think I'm always just hard on myself. You know, I'm always trying to make myself better. And I think the more that all of us can root ourselves in our joy and contentment, is all rooted in our efforts yeah. because a collection of your efforts will bring the results that you want. So you were talking a minute ago about going horizontally in the, in the real estate business and you kind of, and I think if I remember correctly, when we talked, you, you actually did, are, are you still doing property management or, yeah. okay. So, so talk a little bit about that because a lot of agents hate property management. They yep. can't stand it. And I, you know, I've heard from multiple different successful agents that have done property management and still doing property management, that it's actually a very beneficial thing to your business. So, yeah. so how did you get into that and what, uh, what does that look like for you? So, uh, kind of happen, um, kind of slowly and gradual. So I first was just managing my own properties. And at the time when I was working corporate just, but was acquiring properties, one of the like owners of the branch there, uh, he had like nine properties. And so I'd like pick his brain on like an extra shift on Saturday. I was like small, small time then. Yeah. He was a big time guy. Um, and then so he always told me, he taught me in that time when I was talking with him that you can manage X amount, but what you get to X amount, then you're going to want to outsource it. And I said, okay. So I took that with me. But then one of the most important lessons he taught me, and I just want to make sure I communicate, is the importance of building really, really good relationships with your tenants. It is important. You know, I, I do... Uh, a really good job of learning all of my tenants, uh, understanding what they do for a living, what their passions are, what motivates them, why are they with me and for how long and what's the next plan and all these things. So anyways, so as I kind of started progressing, I, I would meet with different real estate investors and I'd ask them, hey, what's your take on property management? When do you think I should do that? How many properties do you think I could take on by myself? And I, I had a couple calls with some different guys and they all kind of told me, don't do don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't. Well, they were telling me, don't pass it off to a property management company. Okay. And, do it and, yourself, and, and I want to say, I don't have anything against any property management company. <laughs> and I work with property management companies all in DFW from time to time, but they had told me that they don't build the relationship with the tenants. And so there's so much turnover 
Um, and there's just not that kind of you guys are working together feel that you can have. And so what I did was I was like, okay, let me just see how long I can take on all of my own properties. And then I really never got to the point where I was like, this is too much for me to handle. This is too much for me to manage. And for me, the real estate business, just by and large, it's a big people business. And right. I love the people side of it. So I never would want to not know who my tenants are or not know what's going on with them just because I'm generally fascinated in those types of things. And so I just had taken it on by myself, put all the resources together. I made some mistakes there. Sure. I used to work with some like third party companies that I, you know, I won't mention any names here, but I, I kind of moved away from because I, I saw a clear divide between putting a Band-Aid on a problem and finding root cause of the problem. Yeah. And so when I put Band-Aids on, I got so many more calls specifically related to maintenance. Um, it, you know, my tenants were more frustrated. And it was just so many more things I had to work through. It'd be like work for a month and then it would break again. Fix a little sensor, it breaks again. So what I started doing is getting all those vendors myself individually. So I have my plumber, my AC right. guy, roof guy, painting, Get your own book handyman, every, yeah. everybody. And then I moved away from those third-party companies. And then now it's even been easier because every time there's an, a problem, I get root, root cause fixed yeah. right away yeah. and it's handled. And so that went so well that I said, well, who, who else can I help with this? And so... You know, a lot of my marketing is like, you know, hey, rental properties and it's profitable here and, and it's profitable in some markets in the U.S. and some markets not so much. Yep. And so me, I have a large background, you know, in the Southern California area. And so a lot of folks, they want to invest money, but it just doesn't make sense. Because you can't get the rent for what you're paying for the property. It, exactly. It doesn't cash flow enough. The, the, the 1% rule, as I like to call it, it doesn't work there. And so, um, so a lot of those people reached out to me and said, hey, if I bought a property over there, would, would you manage it for me? And so that's kind of how organically it kind of started. I just took those on, put some pro and I, what I did is I just standardized what I was doing. Yeah, you put what a process I had naturally to it. done. I standardized it. So yeah. now anytime we bring in someone new, we use that same standard process. Um, and so everything has been just kind of organic how it happened, but now it's growing more and more uh, because we're doing a good job. Now, not only I'm looking after properties the same way that I look after my own. Yeah. So it, it, it most oftentimes goes really well. And there's an incredible level of communication with everyone throughout, uh, which I know everyone feels good about, even when bad things happen. Um, but now the focus is like, okay, how can I scale that? Like right. I talked about go horizontal and then scale from there. So now like say, I don't want to, I know we're going to get into it a little bit later, but um, like now I want to take on like larger, larger communities right. and, and kind of expand that and kind of look at what does the scope of work look like for those? You know, so we're looking at like a 60 unit, uh, a complex right now oh, wow. doing That's property great. management for them. So we're kind of kicking the tires on that, looking, you know, what that looks like, what would the scope look like, what all is going to be involved. Um, so, so we'll see how, we'll see how that goes in the next year, but that's how the property management came about was just doing it by myself. I learned an incredible amount. I standardize all of that. And now I help clients with that. And then now trying to expand it to the multi multi unit facilities. Well, it's funny. You said a minute ago about yeah, making some mistakes and, you know, I think the, the internet or social media or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of ruined people to the expectations of how this kind of stuff works, because, you know, what you see people talk about is, well, look where I'm at now. Look yeah. what I did now. Look yeah. where I got to. And not enough people, I don't think, are saying, hey, look, I'm I'm here doing this, but you didn't see the two years of hell that I went through learning yeah. and making the mistakes. And mistakes cost money and mistakes, mistakes cost time. And they're frustrating. And, and the frustration they're part frustrating. of it and the failure feeling like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, yeah. you know, should I get out of this thing because it's not working the way I thought? Right. You know, all of that. I think 
everybody that has any level of success in anything goes through that. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that part's highlighted enough because in order to really help people understand that, that are looking for that or trying to find it, you got to understand that it's okay to have failure. It's okay to screw up. It's because everybody does. It's part of it. Yeah. It's part of the deal. That's how you learn. Like, you know, you don't learn, um, that there's a, (laughs) when my son was long young uh he was like two years old and he was in the living room and there was a drawer on one of our tv cabinet or whatever i don't even know what they're called anymore but not a furniture naming guy (laughs) but uh anyway where our tv was there was a drawer in this cabinet and he was like pushing it back and forth trying to stand up and my wife was behind me and she was like hey he's gonna smash his fingers in the in the drawer Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah i know and she's like, what, he's two, like what, now granted, I was a little extreme in that yeah, situation. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well, when he does it, he's not going to do it anymore. <laughs> she's like, he's two. And, and sure enough, man, like two seconds later, he smashes his fingers. But, but it's kind of like, you have to go through, you know, these, these trials and tribulations in order yeah. for you to really appreciate coming out the backside and learning every detail about what you just did. So you become better at whatever your craft is. Right. But the other side of that, which is something that you said a second ago that I want you to talk about is the the process of it right mm-hmm. um i'm really really big right now on and i've i've talked to a few people about this in different classes and stuff about you know the goal like i love atomic habits one of my favorite books gotcha and the ideas behind goals versus processes right mm-hmm. and goals are great you know we all have our little vision boards and you know realtors go to title companies and make their little posters and cut out pictures of cars and homes yeah. and all that stuff like it's great that's yeah. awesome right but then what Right. Okay. You've got a, you've got a goal. Goals are great, yeah. but how do you execute the plan to get to it? So, so I want you to start first and I just want you to talk about your daily routine, like what oh, yeah. you do on a day-to-day basis, because I think everything is foundational, yep. right? It's like, well, I have this plan for this open house I'm going to do, or I have this plan for this, yep. but what happens when your day goes chaotic and you can't execute that plan? And it gets yeah. down to what do you like in the morning? What do you do? Where do you eat? Where do you drink? You know, yep. all that kind of stuff. So, so talk a little bit about your routines and how you get your day going. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll start with kind of annual goals first, because that's where my daily routines come from. So everyone has annual goals. We all want to do stuff. We usually set them up in January and we usually give them up by February. Um, And so about every November and December, my wife and I, and actually last year, uh, my sister-in-law, she like made it very fun and she's very good at doing that, where we were all going to draw and put our our goals together. And we like all drew like this big, like art piece, little graphic thing. Mine looked horrible, so I won't show it. But (laughs) I, I, so then, so what I do is I take those goals and then I just reverse engineer that to a daily habit. Yeah. And, and what I always tell people is like hitting all of your goals is very, very simple, but it's very, very hard because it's totally contingent upon consistency. Yeah. And so if you want to lose 20 pounds in the year, well, there's a mathematical equation that you can do that with 365 days or however you're going to do it. If you want to do it in six months, um, and you could say, Hey, I need to be in a caloric deficit this amount every single week on average. And then eventually by my six months, I will hit my goal. Yep. And so that's what I do with everything. So my annual goals are not just real estate related, not just business related. It's every part of my life. Personal the, family relationships. All like that. Every, every single thing. And yep. so, uh, so that's how we start the year. And then on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, you, the earlier the better. Just try to get up as early as you realistically can while feeling well rested. Because there's another thing like <laughs> I can, I'm not the uh, nicest guy when I haven't slept that well. And I'll no, sleep, it, I, sleep is very important. It's super important, very especially important. too, to like consistently hit it hard yes. every single day. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, you slept four hours and you can hit it hard one more day, but how does day six and seven, how's your performance there? Yeah, Probably lacking. And so, um, so for me, it's all, you know, get up as early as you can. And then it's all rooted in the gym. Mm-hmm. 
it's the gym and for me it's weightlifting but i i I, I think everyone should have some type of exercise routine, whether it's walking, riding a Physical bike, activity, any, anything that you want to do. And also stuff, something that you like to do yeah, and sure. you can like get into. We well, have and, to want to do it, right? You can't, you can't force yourself to go, well, I'm going to go ride the bike every day, but I'm, I, I hate it. It's like, okay, well then you need to find something else. You need yes. to find something that you like. And so the thing that I love about the gym is it teaches you what's called progressive overload. And so that's why people are successful in the gym. That's why your muscles grow because you progressively overload the stimulus on your muscles. So when I work out and I increase the stimulus by five pounds every week, my muscles go, oh my, what is it? What is happening? We have to evolve. Right. We have to expand and we'll grow and then I become stronger. I become better. I become healthier. And so I've taken that same ideology and plugged it into your tasks that you complete each day. So I say, okay, well, how can we progressively overload our tasks and the amount of work that we're putting out and all of that? So first I, I, I look at the gym and I go, well, how am I able to progressively overload here? And it's because I track, right? So I'm tracking every single weight, every single rep, every single thing that I'm doing every single day, then I'm incrementally increasing on that. So then what I've taken that into plugged it into the business and now I do, um, task tracking. Mm -hmm. And so this is stuff that would never really be caught. Some of it would be. And so it's, sometimes I'm filling it out two places, but this would most likely never be caught in a CRM. It's like little things you do. Yeah. Text message, little email, little call, something quick, something fast that you wouldn't think about. I'm tracking all of that every single day, all, all the time. So I can know what's your average level of completion each day. So when, how many tasks do you normally get? And as I've been doing it, I think 20 has been like a consistent number that I hit when I'm not really trying to go overboard, but right. I can consistently hit. And now each task has a multiple tasks within it sometimes sometimes it's just one by itself but now i progressively overload that effort and so um, i can kind of continue to push my workload and push my workload and push my workload because going back to the annual goals if i want to do 30 deals how many people do i need to talk to right how many people did i talk to last year and how many deals did i get done and then it's simple math right and so i just use the math um, there to kind of define what i want to do in my daily routine uh, but like structure wise, it's gym in the morning. Um, it's, uh, I do a lot of my coaching client calls, uh, like 8am to 930am uh, because it's the only time that won't affect my real estate clients typ right. typically. Okay. Um, and no tours. Usually no one wants to tour at eight, right. eight o'clock in the morning, luckily. <laughs> Not usually. Yeah. And so, um, so then I'll, I'll do calls from 8am to 930 and those calls are mutually beneficial. Um, it's me pouring into a lot of young guys typically, um, that are, are want to get involved in real estate investing, want to learn more about real estate, all those things. Uh, but it also like fulfills one of my passions, which is being a coach, being a mentor and really just paying back, you know, people that, you know, knowing like, Hey, I, someone helped me sure. along my way. Someone encouraged me. Someone gave me advice. Someone, you know, you gave me advice the other day at lunch and I took it to heart and I, and I applied it. And so what was that? I don't know. It was, uh, you told me, you said, Hey, um, show more of the real side of investing, oh, the right. things that you deal with. And yeah. so I've been posting things about yeah. it a lot. And yes. like, I've gotten so many messages like, Hey, thank you for like saying that. Like, I was, you know, I was talking to my uncle and he made me feel discouraged about rental properties and you showed me the, even the ugly side of it. And I was okay with handling yeah. all of that. So I realized, oh, that's it. Yeah. It's that's, just the unknown. That's all I'm scared of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And people are terrified of things that they don't know because they don't know. Right. I mean, it's just, we deal with that in lending all the time. You know, I, I joke about condos, you know, everybody's terrified to do condo lending or yeah. not everybody, but lenders look on it in a negative light. Uh -huh. It's not that hard. I mean, it's just, there's a few extra hoops you got to jump through, right. you know, a few extra things you got to do, but once you do it a few times, no big deal, yeah. but you just, there's just this hesitation to do anything new and different 
because of that fear. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, those, when you start posting stuff about, Hey, this is investing. This is how real estate investing works. Here's the ugly side of it. Just so you yeah, know, yeah. but this is about as bad as it gets. This is about as it gets. And then someone goes, Oh, well, I mean, okay, I can handle that. Yeah. You know, they can, they can make that decision for themselves. Yeah, exactly. And so, so going back to the routine, so it's at eight to nine 30, I'll do those calls. That gets me fired up. It gets them fired up. And then it's a little morning motivation for it, you too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's something that I've realized in my life, which has been really a fascinating thing, which is I am that person for so many people. But so when I come into a day and I don't have the fire, I don't have my energy, I am not being my normal self, all of the people that I had then influenced now check me on it. Right. And this used to happen back in the corporate space. They go, well, Nick, I guess we don't want to get better today, huh? <laughs> and I'd be like, where's getting better be today like, guy? Where message you go? receive, message <laughs> receive. I got it. I'll bring that juice. And so, so that was, that's kind of been a cool byproduct uh, of it all. But yeah, so I'll start with that till about 930, then 10 o'clock. You know, we'll start doing prospecting and, and every day looks a little bit different yep. um, because maybe it's a business or maybe I'm doing a meeting with someone. That's something that I'm going to get into a new segment of real estate or a, a, do a different thing. Um, so the days will look a little bit different, but about 10 a.m. to about maybe six, seven, even eight o'clock sometimes in the later, like, you know, I have my after work buyer tours. Um, it'll just be a collection of, of work there. Yeah. And so, so that's basically how it starts, but it all starts from the foundational element of the gym. And yeah. I, I don't ever miss my wife never misses. It's just not something that's acceptable, uh, because I know how many other areas of life that that's going to bleed into. Yeah. So I miss the gym. Then I start missing a meeting. Then I don't want to prospect as much. Then I don't want to do the open house. Then I don't want to do that one weird meeting that I think is going to turn into nothing and then it becomes something incredible. Right. Um, and so, so that, that, that's a big thing for me. And also something new that I'm doing is um, have like points and times in your day where you reassess, mm -hmm. where you go, okay, how'd the morning start? I was crushing it. 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. You know, there's a guy, Ed Milet, talks a lot about you get three days in one day because of our technology that we have nowadays based on the productivity you can do. And so I'll reassess throughout the day and go, how'd we perform in the morning? We were great. We crushed the gym and somehow we lost our motivation throughout the day. We didn't knock as many tasks out, but so I'll get to noon and then I'm like, all right, well, how are we going to change that up? Because right. that was always my big thing too. When I was in the corporate space, leading a lot of teams, it would be like, Hey, you didn't have a great start of your day. Big whoop. That's going to happen to all of us. But Look at we don't have to be great for the entire day now. Let's just be great from noon to six. Right. Let's be great for six hours, and then we can make what would have been an unproductive day or something that you weren't as 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 happy with. Now you feel really good about, and you build some momentum off of that. And so it's just been a collection of that routine, that foundational gym element, reassessing, and then that task tracking actually has has been really helpful too to let me know. This is because you, because you, what happens is, you know, you come home from work, go, Hey, how was your day, honey? Oh, it was good. It was a real productive day based on what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, based on what you what? thought. Yeah. Cause uh, you feel good. Right. Yeah. Based on feelings again, not, yeah. not actually not anything. No and data. So, exactly. No data. And so uh, doing that, it's just a collection of all of that. And what I always tell people is like, this is the stuff that works for me. And I'm always going to share everything that works for me to hope that, Hey, you could take a couple of gems of this and morph it into something customized and how it would fit into your life. Yeah. But I think just a, a collection of all of that. And then the, an overarching idea of just get better. Yeah. Just get better. 1%, one step, one inch. Sometimes like say you're not feeling good. Like you're under the weather. Weather just changed right now. If you guys aren't feeling good. Like just do one thing 
that you didn't do yesterday yeah. and you just got 1% better in that area. Maybe you didn't get better in all areas, but you know what I mean? It's just about continuing to keep moving. Well, when you talk about the exercise thing, you go into the gym, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks out there that, you know, it's like, Oh, gym bros that, you know, everybody's got to go work out you got to go get buff and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, and I understand that sentiment. I really do. Mm -hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, people don't want to hear about how, how much you hit the gym and how work, how hard you work out, especially when they're not feeling great about maybe what they're doing. That's the biggest thing that you notice. Yeah. And, and I've noticed in myself when I'm slacking and I see super motivational guy, he like frustrates the me. Shit. Yeah, yeah, you're like, I'm just like, God, screw it. I'll unfollow. Yeah. Shut it up. Shut it up today. <laughs> but, but what I think gets missed from time to time or, or often is that the, the physical exertion, Okay, whether it's the gym, whether it's riding a bike, whether it's swimming, whether it's walking, whatever it is, I'm mean, walking, just go yeah. walk two miles. Okay, yes. you don't have to run, you don't have to, you know, get crazy, but, but that is such a benefit to your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a body benefit. The body benefits great, right? Yep. You, you know, you feel great, you lose weight, you have more energy, all that kind of stuff, but your brain gets cleared out. Yes. All that frustration, all that anxiety, <laughs> all that, you know, fear, all that stuff that exists in your head because life's not going the way you planned it to, or mm -hmm. you had a bad day yesterday, or today you've got a big thing that you got to take care of and you're nervous about it and you didn't sleep last night or whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you go do some level of physical exertion, it just takes all of that and it just pushes it out of your mind. Yeah. And now granted the harder you work, the better it is, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. there is a huge payoff for that, that I don't think people that don't do it, they don't realize it until after. Cause we talked about this again too, in our last conversation was, you know, when you start that routine and you start working out and I experienced this in college cause we did a lot of workouts in college. And then afterwards, you know, i kind of fell off for a while, I had kids, you know, probably gained 60 pounds or something like that. But once you start getting back into the swing of it, you're working out again and you're feeling good and you're, you know, you're getting that, that energy and that movement. Then if you fall off, cause we all do, mm -hmm. right. Well, you know, I go, I work out a lot, but then I'll go a week where I don't. I'm like, right. but that week I feel like crap. Yes. I feel terrible. Yeah. And then my body's going, what are you doing? What, yeah. what, what are you doing here, man? Like you need to get back to that because we're yeah. not liking how this is going. Yeah. So it's that, it's that being out of, once you do it, and you're in that routine for a while, getting out of that routine is horrible. You hate it. You yep. feel miserable and you can't wait to get back into it. So it's like yeah. this thing that just builds on itself, but it's not about being a gym bro. It's just about that's the mental clarity and yeah. all of the stress that relieves from doing that is I don't even think you can measure it. And another thing I want to add on it is, you know, it, it's hard. Like yeah. don't get, I do it every single day. I never really miss workouts, but it's hard every single day. But what I've, I do is I self hack. Yeah. I know what I'm not good at. Right. I know every single thing that I'm not good at and I retrofit certain technology, different routines, different mindsets with things. So say for instance, I never miss the gym, but it's not like I have to wake up and go sprint to the gym. All I have to do, Mike, is roll over, open up my Himalayan sea salt, take a swig, yeah. take a swig of my pre-workout. That's it. I don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. Cause it's like, and I figured this out. I said, well, I'm not going to lay in bed feeling all tingly and, and, uh, you know, having this pre-workout, my heart's beating out of my chest. Yeah. And so for me, it's, it's kind of like self-hacking where it's like, you don't have to be great and, and have this magnificent level of motivation as you go into the gym. You just got to roll over, take your salt, take your pre-workout yeah. and, and your body will wake up. You'll be ready to go yeah. before I know it. Then, then I go in it. And, and also too, like, I, I, I do another thing where I will kind of, I know that we as humans get bored of everything. 
yeah. get bored, we get tired of the same things over and over. So like, understand that and listen to your body and see when that stuff is coming on. So say for instance, in the gym, if I'm not feeling it, it's been consecutive and I'll, it'll be consecutive exercises sure. where I'm just kind of like, what's going on here? I'll go buy some new shoes or I'll go buy some new shorts or I'll, I'll tell my trainer, Hey, can we switch things up? I need a little bit more, some, whatever the case may be. And it, I think it's that process of self hacking, which allows me to stay dedicated to the discipline and the regiment even more because I don't have to be perfect. Yeah. I'm flawed and we all are flawed and I'm, I'm going to be lazy by nature. And it's just the nature of who we are. And so self hacking yourself aligned with a, a good daily routine that can help you execute all the goals, I think for me has been a winning strategy. So w when you've carried that over with the routines of doing what you're doing every day in the small steps, and again, that's, that's one of those things that, you know, people may not really fully understand is it, it gets, it gets to a micro level where it's like, this is the time that I get up. This is the first thing I do. This is what triggers me to do the next thing. This is what triggers me to do the third. And even when you map that out in a day and you, and you write it down, which I do think is a big, big thing. I don't mm -hmm. know how you feel about that, but yeah. you know, I was like, just write it all out because not only that helps ingrain it in your mind, mm -hmm. you may not ever look at that again. You may not need it or use it or whatever, right, right. but that's going to help cement it further into your brain on what these steps are. And guess what? you're not going to get it all done every single day. And more often than not, you're not going to get, you know, you're never going to get it all done, yeah, right? No, There's no. always going to be things that you fall short of, but that's okay. That's part of the thing. Part of the journey is I'm, I want to aim at the top of the mountain. I may only get halfway up the mountain, right? but if as long as I continue to aim at that, then that's where I'm going to try to get to. And next day I'll get up 60%. Next day I'll get up 70% or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, so what about that whole process do you take over to your real estate business as dealing with your clients and like, have you created processes for yourself that when you meet a, a new buyer, when you meet a new seller, like this is, these are the steps that you go through with them to make sure that a, you don't forget any steps because that's a big right. piece of it. Right. And then B also make sure that everything gets followed through and you, you know, you go through the same process with everybody. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, it's it's not as something as organized as say like what I did with standard processes, like in the property management stuff. It's a little bit more loose, and I'm able to adapt. But everybody's different, yeah. right? Yeah. And and also for me, it's like just the way that I think. I, I kind of had to do it that way. I'm just like so quickly thinking about different things and adapting and adjusting to different priorities. Like I could literally be on one meeting, and then in the next hour on a completely different meeting, and the next one a completely different one. But I think for me, just the, from a real estate standpoint, how I've taken those things is you just have to be so consistent with the, the, the tracking. So how, like going in your CRM, like, like what's the need of that client, making sure you're tracking all of that. Okay. Have you followed up with that individual again? And then have you, uh, you know, when you start to see that normal process, everybody's worked with a buyer who was gung ho in the beginning. And then all of a sudden they stopped texting back so frequently. And then yeah. the calls, what do you do at that point in time? Right. So I think it's more like I'm figuring out the general plan, the, the, like, what are the like triggers in the relationship with the client then based on what I need to do there. Right. And it's more identifying that and knowing, okay, I know where these three or four or five clients are. I know where these two or three over here, I know where these 15 are over here. And then based on those buckets of where they're at, I know what I need to do. Um, and to your point, you want to get it all done every single day, but you know, it's like sometimes if, if I've got like two, three closings in a day, and uh, yeah, I hit the gym and then I've got a couple meetings in the beginning, like, Hey, you know, prospecting might have to take the back seat on <laughs> that, just, which is, that's probably usually the first one. And don't do that. <laughs> don't take a back seat prospecting <laughs> because it'll bite you. But, yeah. um, but you know, you just try to be as best you can, um, every and, day and, and always get better. Yeah. 
but but I think for me it's it's understanding the like the deal flow and where they are and understanding where they are too. I think that's a big thing is putting yourself in their shoes and understand kind of what's their need and who they need you to be right now. Yep. Like right at now, I don't need you to be my real estate agent. I need you to be my friend. Right. Or I need you to be my counselor. Right. Or I need you to be whatever. And so I think for me, it's it's just finding out where the client is in the process. And then now I know, all right, this is what who I need to be for them. Gotcha. Now, um, you uh, you got, you, recently you've been doing a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I say recently, I think you've been doing it since the jump, but um, you know, you, I hate to say your generation, you know, cause I'm a little older than you, but, um, it, it's a big player in, in, in getting yourself out there to potential clients, potential customers is, is being seen on social media. I mean, yep. whether you, however you feel about it, like it or don't, it's necessary in a lot of ways, right? right? It can be done. You don't need to have it. There's other ways to do it, but it's still a pretty, pretty necessary process. So what has your experience been like with that? Just starting from when you got into real estate and what you thought you would do on social media versus what you're doing now. And, you know, cause yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things. Like today I saw you were doing some ice, ice plunges, which <laughs> I, I, I still, like I told you the other day, I actually, this morning, cause I, I, I rode my bike for an hour. Cause I was, I told you my allergies were bothering me. We talked about this when we came on. I was like, I had to clear my head out. Right. And, uh, and then right after it, I turned my shower on just as cold as it would go yeah. and just jump. And I never do that. I just get right in. I'm like, cause I want to start doing the cold punch thing, but I'm such a little, you know what that I'm just like <laughs> such a wuss. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, it's too cold. It sucks. It There's sucks. nothing nice about it. It's, it's horrible. Horrible. I hate it every single time. I yeah. Do it. Yeah. But so what, what is the, what has the social media journey been like for you? What were your expectations and you know, what has it been actually been like? Are you, are you feeling traction? Is it a long-term game, short-term game? Like how's that all work out for you? Yeah, it's it's definitely a long term game. Um, it's definitely not what I thought I was gonna do, the direction I was gonna go with it. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna post houses. I'm gonna be right. that realtor who posts those really beautiful homes. Cause you know, like my wife, my sister-in-law, they would always be like, Hey, you should like do your marketing like this. And they yeah. would send me stuff on Instagram. And then so I started with stuff like that. But you know, your social media will will show you what and your and your followers will show you what they want to see sure and the market will show you what they want you to do well, what you want to do i mean or do you like looking at beautiful homes on yeah it's cool but to be <laughs> honest what i quickly realized is like people don't want that from me like yeah. like yeah they want to see it every now and then uh, but people want to get more of this like what's my first hand experience on things um what's my motivational stuff like how am i approaching each day um, you know, I try to use my story as like, Hey, like the, here's the effort that I'm putting in. Like, I'm not talking about it. I, I try to not be, speak about theory theory. I try to say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, and so the social media it kind of took on it, its own thing. Now it's become where I'm just using it to build my brand. Yeah. And, and I want everyone to know who Nick Lamison is, that I'm a real estate entrepreneur that I have a multifaceted you know, way of, of, of assisting people. And it's all coming from that approach of helping right. in my real estate coaching. I'm helping those guys and gals in the, you know, in deals I'm helping from a transactional and negotiation standpoint. I'm passionate about that. I want to win. It's like, I wanted to win on the football field. Um, and then in the property management side, I want to make sure that your investment, I want to help you to make sure your investment is intact and you feel comfortable and there's great communication and all these things. And so, now it's just been, it went quickly from, hey, I'm going to be the realtor who posts tours and that's going to, you know, help me progress. And now luckily people want to see me and they want to see what I'm about yeah. and who I am as a person. 
um, and what my motivation system is and what wins I have and what losses I share. And so that's been the evolution um, for me. And, you know, there was a fortunate page that reached out to me, a School of Hard Knocks, and those guys were really awesome. And they, they gave me an opportunity to interview on their show and kind of got me a bunch of attention. And that also showed more of what the market wants from you too. Because right. now I just had, you know, 2,000 followers in a week come to the page and they want different things and they're asking for it and they're, you know, not being shy about it. And so the, 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 it's just a journey, just like anything else. I think it's just like anything else. You get started and you see what's going to work for you and what's going to fit for you. Cause it doesn't matter how miraculous you can be on one day, one given day. It's how good can you be every single day right. and what's realistic for you. And so I found kind of certain parameters that I'm like, okay, every week I know I'm going to do, I think they call it talking head, right? That's where it's just like you talking. Yeah, just you talking on the screen. Yeah. Right. So like for me, talking head is a, is a big, is a big part of it because I'm, you know, constantly investing in people. And so people want that for me and I'll continue to expand on it. Um, I like to, I like to put a lot of like, uh, assets and liabilities type of explaining those types of things, kind of like the rich dad, poor dad mentality. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of taken that as well. So it's multifaceted for me. It's long-term game, but it's building a personal brand because I want everyone to, that works with me to, to want to work with me. Right. And the, because of who I am, what I do, my story, my mentality, all that stuff. And so social media just kind of took that over, but quickly made me realize, Hey, what you thought it was going to be, it's materialized into something else. And now I don't know where it's going to go from here, but I'm just going to keep showing up each day and just and see what happens. Well, the uh, I think realtors that look at social media and, and they see it as like a, um, you know, like the old school advertising, you know, you're yeah, call me yeah, now. Yeah. Here's my number. Yeah. I'll take good care of you and your clients and all that kind of fun stuff. But what it turns into, I think I think your example is very typical actually, because what people find that do it consistently, you know, there's, there's people that are on social media, but just aren't consistent about it. Right. Um, when you do it consistently, you start to understand that, um, that people want to know about you. Yeah. Like the, the people that you're putting information out there to you, they're, they're interested in you. Like th yeah. if they have to buy or sell their house and you know, they feel some connection with you or have talked to you or whatever, then, you know, they'll think about you, but, but ultimately they don't want you to talk about selling homes every day. Yeah, you know, yeah. because you know, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Either, like it's just, it's, it's kind of boring, you know, yeah, after yeah. a while, um, when you need the service, it's great. But otherwise it's now that doesn't mean that you don't ever talk about buying. No, absolutely, absolutely. You have to keep that in the repertoire, but you also have to talk about you, your family, what you do every day, your experiences, because that's what resonates with people more often than not. And if you want to impact your sphere and you want to, um, touch them in a positive way through social media, mm -hmm. then those are the types of things that people want to see. And that's what they're interested in is they want to see what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Cause maybe they can take a little bit from that, you right, know? Right. Um, when I'm on there myself, when I'm looking through things, I get more, uh, I get more into, I'm looking at news. So that's a big thing. I go and check and, you know, the people that I follow for information, yep. but anybody that's not informationally based, I am trying to figure out, okay, how do they organize their life? What do they do on a day-to-day -day basis? How is it that they this has been successful? What worked and what hasn't worked? I want to know their story. I want to know everything that's occurred because that's going to help me take a little bit yeah. from that and go, mm -hmm. okay, I can apply that to what I do because this person makes sense to me and I like, you know, I, I can connect with them on the same work, kind of the same, even though I may not know them, 
but right. we're on the same wavelength about how we think about stuff. And so yeah. I can take a little bit from that. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's how I found you, you know, because right. the, the, the feed tells you the stuff that you're interested in. Yeah. yeah. So obviously I follow realtors. Um, I'm into, you know, I'm very interested in health and fitness. I'm mm -hmm. very interested in motivation stuff. So of course, you know, you pop up I'm like, oh, okay. And then I start going through, I'm like, oh, oh, and he's here locally. Okay, great. And that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I reached out to you. But, yeah. um, but that's the kind of stuff that I feel like people really want to see and they want to, they want to find. And when you post that type of information that isn't just industry based, mm -hmm. then you tend to get much better feedback on that than if you're just posting stuff about real estate all the time. I agree. And, and the one last thing I want to say is, it, you know, social media is the best nurturing process. Yes. Because... No one really wants to get that phone call or text all the time. Like, hey, all right, yeah, we still at six months, right? We're yeah. still at six months. That's the timeline. Just kind of, you know, can seem disingenuous at times. Whereas it's like, oh, hey, saw your post. And also, FYI, uh, it's not six months anymore. It's actually three months. Um, and it all stemmed from uh, me showing my breakfast yes. from from that yep. day. So it, it's it really well, helpful. As you're nature. just back in their head again. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I was trying to, you know, I tell agents all the time when they send me, they'll send me a client and say, hey, I just talked to so-and-so. Um, here's their information, give them a call. And then I'll reach out and call them or I'll text them and I may not hear from them. Like how to go with, you know, whoever. And I'm so, well, I haven't heard from them yet. I reached out again and like, I don't understand. I just talked to them. They were gung ho. And I'm like, well, life happens, mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, they talked to you. Everything was gung ho. And then their kid got home from school and right. broke his arm right. and he had, to, they had to take him to the doctor yeah. and then they had to go to dinner that night. And so-and-so had a birthday. And so then it's a week later and like, oh crap, I was, I was thinking about buying a house. Like I just totally forgot. Right. But then Unfortunately, good or bad, we all live in our phone. So we're all swiping through stuff all the time. Absolutely. So if they see you and they go, oh, yeah, I, I totally forgot. I talked to Nick the other day. Yeah, I, I forgot to call, to call him back. back. Yes. It's perfect. So that that's a it, it's not just selling things. It's just being top of mind. And that's what you're trying to do as any in any profession, not just real estate and mortgages. It's with anything. And I will genuinely have clients that are like one day commenting and going, wow, that was really cool. Or wow, what a beautiful like when we went on vacation recently. Oh, wow, this is so beautiful. And then literally the next week, it's like, hey, uh, Wednesday, can you do a call at 12? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, so do you have any things that you're specifically doing right now to find new clients that you would you would tell people, hey, I'm having some success with this or, you know, I'm not like, is there anything that you're working on right now that you've that you have had success with getting new business, you know, not just the sphere? I think that uh, this is a little bit nuanced to me, so I don't know how this would work for everyone, but my real estate coaching okay. um, side of the business is it has been ridiculously successful uh, as far as a lead gen. I, I don't even look at it as a lead generation because it's all passion driven for me. It's like I'm literally investing in these people for free. I do free calls, you know, all 8 a.m. to 9.30 every day. And... Um, but almost every single one of those calls has turned into a client, right? Whether it's a client that is local here in DFW that I can help, which I'm excited about because then I don't have to do this other process where if it's someone from another state, I have uh, resources where I'm connected to realtors all over the whole U.S. Okay. And so if, you know, I, you know, I talked to a guy who needs someone in St. Louis, Missouri, Pennsylvania, uh, Utah, and, you know, Aurora, uh, Colorado, right. like just everywhere. Random and, places, yeah. and so what I do then is I say, okay, you know, we're talking through this process. I'm teaching you everything about real estate. I'm teaching you some really helpful strategies as a new beginning investor. Um, and so I don't want to just throw you out to the wolves at that point. And so if you're in DFW, I got you, right. my team will help you. But if you're not, I'm still going to be involved in the process. And what I'll do there is I'll reach out, get a reputable realtor, and then I will vet them. 
myself because I would never want to teach someone some intricate knowledge on investing and how to get going and then pass them off to an agent Joe who doesn't Schmo, yeah. really know what's going on because right. the, you know, the range of knowledge is, is, is massive uh, from agent to agent. And so. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's take a second for that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so then I will, I will, you know, find that agent. I will, I will vet them. I'll make sure they know everything about inspection reports, everything about quality of homes, everything about negotiating, everything about what's going, what's the right property for this person on the first property if they want to scale to more. Um, and so I'll do all of those calls and the clients really appreciate that yeah. footwork. And so then I'll get them set up. And then basically what we'll do is we'll do a Zoom call and it will switch to an intro level. So it's like, hey, me and you have built great rapport. Um, and then I've went and found an incredible resource who's going to kind of mimic and be my presence in that, in that environment. And then we're going to do an intro call. And then also I tell them, I say, hey, keep me involved all along the way. Right. You'd rather two realtor brains on it than just one. So it's not like I'm watching what the other person is doing, but it's like, hey, don't be afraid to say, hey, this is what our strategy is, or this is what we're going with. What do you think about it? And, you know, they just got that level of support. Just additional and, resource. And it, it didn't, I didn't do it for that reason. Right. And then, but it's been, it's like almost a hundred percent, every single one of them uh, has turned into that. So that's been a, a very unique lead gen um, strategy that's helped me. So um, we're almost uh, out of time here. We're at fifty-five minutes. Things are going by quick, but um, I do want to get your what are your what are your goals for twenty twenty-four? Like, what are you trying to new things that you're trying to get into? Yeah. You know, what are some? Do you have any new processes or systems you're trying to Im implement that you know you're you're tinkering with right now? Like, where where do you think these things are? Where are you trying to head next year? Uh, so I'm going to give you some detailed stuff, but first I'm going to say you know I just want to be better. I just sure. want to get better. I just want to do more. I just want to kind of keep pushing things forward because the more I push, the more it gives back. Sure. And I just start to see more opportunities and results. Like even this podcast today, you know, this was all just from putting myself out there. And so I want to make sure that we've made really good amount of progress in year one, more than I thought we would have. And it's been fun and fascinating and Especially crazy. in a tough market. Exactly. Exactly. And so, but now I'm like, well, sweet year one. And now we, and then I know myself, well, sweet. That's how we did year one. Okay. Let's double that year too. Yeah. Let's, you know, so, um, I think like from a like detailed standpoint, I kind of want to like push up and do, uh, double the deals, uh, for next year that I did this year. Um, I want to expand the property management into some of those more multi-unit kind of mm -hmm. start to expand that business further, put some more resources together on my own team, hire some more staff to help me with that. Luckily, I've got a lot of that staff within my family, um, so that will be really helpful to me, and I use them all the time. Um, and then, let's see, I kind of had some. Uh, I want to take on more coaching clients. Mm -hmm. I want to build out a more robust kind of infrastructure with resources uh, to help expand to more people. So a lot of people will come to me and say, "Hey, do you have any courses I can buy?" You know, and I'm like, "No," but I, I got 30 minutes on Calendly <laughs> if you want to schedule that with me. So it's yeah. like. Also listening to what people are asking for yeah. and then responding with those things. So I want to build out that coaching um, segment further. I want to perform better uh, because I don't ever want to talk about anything without the performance backing it up, all yeah. the results backing it up. Um, I want to acquire a couple more uh, properties myself personally. I mm -hmm. uh, just want to continue to keep going uh, on acquisition, really, because that's my wife and I's big thing is just acquire, 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 acquire. We don't over leverage ourselves, but... 
it's acquiring because we know that everything is contingent upon time. And yep. The longer we can hold real estate over the long haul, the more lucrative and just better it's going to be for us. Especially because of the scarcity that it's sitting at right now. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just... It, right. And who knows what the like legislation is going to be like on how many homes you can have later on or whatever the case may be. So yeah. we just want to try to, because I, I think even though I'm still promoting it so much, I think rental properties and real estate is become widely, widely popular. Oh, and sure. So most people know of, that it's a good thing to be involved in, a yeah. good thing to do. Yeah. Um, people know it now. They just run into the means and the ability to be able to do it. That's where they struggle these days. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, one, one big thing we'll see, we'll see what materializes. I'm trying to talk to him about interest rates and what the news is saying versus what I'm actually seeing on deals. And I sent him something this morning, but I've got a, uh, a builder, uh, who wants me to help him, um, uh, in Q1 2024, uh, help him sell a 40 community, uh, 40 home community nice. over in DeSoto. So we'll see, how that materializes and for me you know that's that would be a that would be just fun to take on yeah you know i'd get every single outlet i could involved in that and kind of push that stuff forward uh, so a lot of really exciting things uh more more of the same i'm glad that we did the horizontal expansion this year you know and i think that can be helpful for a lot of people too like say if you're struggling right now or you're like gosh, this one area isn't working, but you've like kind of already kind of built another thing. Like go spend a little more time in that. See if yeah. you can develop that while you're maybe in a low season in this area. So yeah. just expanding, growing. Um, and then I always stay open to new business opportunities and ideas, but I think just scaling up a lot of what we created this year will be the goal for yeah. 2024. Yeah. It's uh, and you're going to do it all at once, right? <laughs> that's, that's the key takeaway <laughs> from all this stuff is, is it, all the goals are great and everything that you're trying to get to is great, but it all starts with what are you doing tomorrow morning yeah. and what are you doing tomorrow afternoon yeah. and how are you planning your day after that? And what's yeah. the steps that it's going to take to get there? And, and that's the whole, you know, the whole guise of, the, of all of this is there's no, you know, the, the idea of get rich quick or the idea of, you know, success overnight. If you just do this one trick, this one little, this one little thing that'll get you there. And it's just the not Bitcoin true. Bitcoin mentality. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look, look, no, the, the Bitcoin, something else, but, uh, yeah. but, um, it's the, it's the, it's going to happen overnight. And the reality is, is that none of this happens overnight. It's, it's one step at a time. Like you said, it's getting a little 1% better every single day and trying to add to it and keep building on it because that compounding of habits and that compounding of, small successes and small failures, but learning from those failures is what ultimately in five to 10 to 15 years puts you where you want to be. And it's not going to happen overnight. You can't get frustrated by it. And oh, by the way, when you get there, there'll be another hill you want to climb. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it, yeah. it never ends. So tomorrow keeps rolling. So, um, I really appreciate you coming in and chatting with me for a little while and yeah. kind of going through all this. Um, I always love, you know, especially as we get to the end of the year and start moving into next year, you know, you got to get your head in the right spot. And so, you know, I help, I, I really appreciate you coming in and doing that with us. Anything you want to leave anybody with before we go or leave everybody with before we go any like how to get you, how to contact you, socials, coaching, any of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, if you uh, mainly uh, it's LinkedIn and Instagram, uh, just Nick Lamison and I C K L A A. He's got it here. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, you know, LinkedIn or Instagram and reach out to me, whether you need some help with something, you just want to, th you know, throw an idea off of me, get my advice on something, get me involved in something. Um, you know, just don't be afraid to reach out. I'm, I'm, I'm open to everyone, uh, whether we're working on a deal together or I'm completely investing in you and plugging in a tremendous amount of motivation or anything that's helping me into you. 
uh, I'm all for it. So you guys reach out for anything you need. All right. All right, Nick. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, next Tuesday, this episode will go, uh, will be published on Tuesday on Spotify and Apple. So check it out then. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. You, Thank you, Mike. Yes, sir.